In the beginning, there was darkness. Then, there was Paul Brown. Paul Brown transformed the game. Hello, Paul Brown here. Welcome to the first ever International Browns Podcast. Guten Abend. Guten Abend. We're here live in Germany. And I'm here with my German co-host, Swart. Did I say that correct? <laughs> no, it's still not Paul, but it's fine. I've tried this five times. I still haven't got it right. So, Swart. You know what? Let's agree on this. You can call me from now on. You can call me Stewie. Stewie. That's nice. <laughs> that's easier for you, right? Yeah. But anyway... Trade deadline is over and it's going crazy. The Browns have not signed anyone. And my first question to you, sir, is how do you feel that the Browns haven't signed anyone so far? I'm okay with it. There was no one out there except for the Jamal Adams stuff that I would really would have won on the Browns. So I was not a big fan of the Trent Williams story from the get-go. And I'm really happy that we didn't sign him. Jamal Adams, what would you be willing to give him in draft picks? So there was some rumors going on with a first and the third round, and I would give that up in a heartbeat for Jamal Adams, to be honest. Like, I don't think that you, we will get um, two players of the caliber of him with our first and third round pick next year. So yeah, but maybe even more, maybe sprinkle in a fifth round or fourth round choice for that. Mate, I agree. I would have gone for a first and a third round. About our listeners are going, I would have given a first and a second first next year, but. Yeah, I think uh, he is one player that I would definitely like to have in his roster, especially that most of our safeties are uh, out of contract this year. Yeah, all free agents except for Sheldrick Redwine. And if you count Burris, he's not a free agent, I think. But Murray, Randall and uh, Whitehead will all be free agents next year. Burnett will stay on the team currently, so he will have a contract next year. Don't know if he will stay on the team, though. Look at that, get educated. It's the world team being educated by Germans. <laughs> you know, not just Americans educating me, it's Germans as well. So, where did you watch the game against the Patriots? I watched it in my apartment alone at home. And it was good that way because I probably would have killed someone if I would have been in public. And what time of the day are you watching that? Uh, the game started at 9.25 p.m. in Germany. So that's the time when I watched it. Okay, nice. You sound a bit upset. We were playing against the Super Bowl champions. You know, we expected to lose that. Vegas said we can lose by 14 points. And to be fair, Vegas was spot on. So why are you so upset? Well, I'm, I'm not really upset about the loss per se. I mean, it's shit that we lost because I think that was a winnable game. If you would delete the first quarter completely from the books and you would say you start with the second quarter and that would be the game, we would we played pretty equally with the, uh, with the unbeaten Patriots team and the current Super Bowl champs. So from, from that perspective, it was pretty good. But the first quarter was the same as the whole season, our never-ending story. We, we literally beating ourselves every week. We do the same. We beat ourselves. Yeah, I've got to say, I feel very similar to yourself. When I was watching the game, I was just thinking, all we need is an interception and then another touchdown and then we're 
well in this game. We put a bit of pressure on them. We could actually beat them. And uh, it's really frustrating, especially the Seahawks, the – what other game will be close in? The Rams and the Patriots. They're all three games that we potentially should have lost before we started. But during the game, all winnable. And yeah. you should have won them, actually, yeah. all of them. You're ending up with four, four tries to punch the ball in from five yards against the Rams. A good team wins that game. You're starting with three straight scores against the Seahawks, and then you still manage to lose that game. And yeah, the Patriots, you were basically close until the end of the game, even though you gave up three turnovers in the first quarter. Like, those are all winnable games, and a good team, like an established team, wins those games. Go look forward. We are two and five. Denver next. They've, only, they've won two games similar to ourselves, and they haven't even got their first team quarterback starting. So, what's your prediction on the Denver game? I think we're going to win, but at this point, I thought that every single week that we're going to win, so it doesn't really matter uh, what I think, apparently. The, the overall um, errors for that game really pointing into the W as they, the Denver lost now their best wide receiver. They lost their starting quarterback. And I'm pretty sure that the team is not in a good state right now after all this. You never know though. Exactly, you never know. And we are playing in Denver, so it's really always... Winning a game in high mile is not easy. You've got to remember, Denver got the third best defense in the NFL. Yeah. So it could be a very high-scoring kicking game. And... You never know. It may, with the quarterback saying the things he said, maybe it just galvanises the rest of the team and they want to play as a team and prove new quarterback coming in that you know we don't need him and we can do it ourselves. How do you feel? How do you think the Browns doing this season? <laughs> to describe it with one single word, it would be disappointing. But I'm not really disappointed about the record because, um, like coming into this year after those uh, particular games, the uh, seven games that we played. I was pretty sure that we probably would be going into Denver with a losing record. Um, my my or my brain told me around three and four. If we are lucky, we even could have gone four and three into that game. But now we are five and two. So like the record is not really the disappointing part here. It's it's shit. Sorry, I don't know if I can say that on the podcast, but you can swear on this podcast. I encourage my German fans to swear, and uh, yeah, it's all good. My daughter doesn't listen to this podcast, so, so that's very good. You can swear if you no want. Princess, yes, yes, very good. However, I think it's more professional not to swear. But okay. if you Germans want to swear, you can carry on swearing. <laughs> yeah, well, the the really disappointing part about about the season is the play. We literally managed to beat ourselves every week, every single week. It's penalties, it's turnovers. It's mental errors. It's like everything that can go against us goes against us. And on top of that, we have every, like every single week, we have some really shit officiating against us. That's what's really disappointing about the season. So uh, coming into the season, I was actually hoping that we would have like a really structured, uh, disciplined, and especially like dominating team. And we are very far from that. And that's, that's concerning. I mean... I think the whole Browns fans around the world feel pretty pretty similar. It's very concerning what we saw so far. Not about it's not about the record. That's still okay, but the way we lost those games, this is the concerning part. What's your views on the coaching staff at the moment? Well, I think Wilkes is doing a good job, even though you know we talked about it. I'm not really high on Wilkes, I'm still not. Um, and uh, Avery stuff is just confirming what, what I thought. 
because if you can't get such a player on the field, you're doing something wrong on the coaching side of things. Monken, I'm not so sure. I was really high on him before the season, but lately, um, especially after the press conferences, I'm I'm a little bit concerned. Not saying that I, I don't think he's a good coach. I think still he's a really good offensive coordinator, but I don't know if the if really the this matching amongst the coaches is really happening right now. I somehow feel it's it's like three different uh, coaches on the same staff, which is somehow contradicting. It's, it doesn't feel like a, a one coaching staff, if, if it makes sense what I'm saying, if you know what I mean, basically. No. Yeah, and for Kitchens, I'm, like, I'm, I'm a big Kitchens fan. I will still back him and I will be uh, having his back as far as I can. And I was not a big fan what uh, Arizona did with Wilkes, to be honest, like, you know, kicking a coach out after one year. But Freddie is in a complete different situation. He has basically a Super Bowl contender team, at least from the from the uh, talent that he has, which works that didn't have. But well, it's I'm disappointed. I'm disappointed, but I'm still a little, little bit hopeful because we all remember, and I hope we all remember what Freddie did with our offense last year. And it was like we were basically the the second best offense in the league in those eight games when he took over the OC job. Well. What do you reckon for the rest of the season? Because with two and five, we've only got nine more games left. Ideally, we win out and win nine games and go into the playoffs with a record of 11 and five. You think that's realistic? No. Realistically, I think out of those nine games, we, we have to win seven. We have to win seven and realistic record would be nine and seven. So you're probably going to lose one of the Steelers games and then you are... You, you have to either beat out the Ravens or the Bengals, so um, ideally both, and then you might have a loss against Bills. The Bills are a good team in my eyes, so they have a pretty good record at least right now. So I like to think we're going to beat the Bengals twice yep. and the Dolphins once. Yep, and the Steelers. Let's just go rock and roll and go Steelers twice. There's your five wins. Bills, I'm afraid to say I don't fancy it. They're a very on-form team at the moment. Denver. We're going to win. I hope so, yeah. And Arizona, as you said, we have to win that game. Maybe we lose to the Ravens. Ravens, we might lose. But I don't want to lose to the Ravens at home, to be honest. No one likes to lose to the Ravens. I, I, ra- I rather, rather lose one of the non-conference games than losing to the Ravens at home, to be but perfectly honest. I want to stress now, it's so easy sitting here in a warm hotel room in Munich saying that we're going to beat the Steelers twice and beat the Bengals twice in the NFL. Every week is totally different. Yeah. We could have a major injury. You just never know. They could hit some weird, crazy form. And yeah, we may just not get these penalties right. Yeah, it's wishful thinking. I mean, beating the Steelers, the Steelers were mopping the floor with us for many, many years. And thinking that after what we saw the first uh, seven games, that we're going to beat them twice is a little bit cocky, so to say. But, yeah, it's wishful thinking. We, we need to win those two games if we really want to have any chance to be in the playoffs this year, which is still wishful thinking, right? I've got some breaking news. Jamal Adams, the guy that you wanted, has tweeted and deleted. At the end of the week, last week, I sat down with the GM and coach and told them I want to be here in New York. I was told yesterday by my agent that the GM then went behind my back and shopped me out around to teams after I asked him to keep me here. It's been deleted. What do you make of that? Well, I think the Jets right now are completely dysfunctional. 
like what what's happening and what's coming out of the Jets organization the last couple of days is, ooh, it's close to Browns the, the, the last years of the Browns. Um, honestly, right now this year we still have some dysfunction going on. At least uh, it appears so to the outside. All right. Well, I'm super excited about Denver. I think it's going to be our third win of the season. I'm going to be going out there. Loads of stuff's going to be going on in Denver. We've got Larry in his uh, bus. He said he's going to pick me up from the airport in the big Muni bus. So that'd be quite cool. But I told Larry, don't do it. Save your money. Save your petrol. I'll get an Uber. But there's going to be a huge uh, meet-up in Denver this uh, Saturday. And uh, I'll start posting some information over it in the next uh, couple of days. But yeah, I just can't wait to get back out there. Obviously, in Germany at the moment, the headlines of the uh, details are, it's a pre-game party starting at 7 p.m. It's a Cleveland Browns trivia blowout. And I'm really good on my Cleveland Browns trivia. Not. It's uh, November the 2nd, this Saturday, at the Stony Bar and Grill. That's 1111 Lincoln. Whatever that means in American street names. There's loads of Browns uh, gear going to be there, all donated by the Browns official club in Brea. And the first pour of Cause Light is free bucks. So make sure you get in contact with... Steve Clifford or anyone else at the Mile High Browns backers. And uh, I'll be there hopefully around 7 o'clock to meet you all. What's the uh, Browns community like in uh, Germany, do you think? How many Browns fans do you think there is? Oh, I think it's a growing community. And um, lately we linked all up in, in a WhatsApp group. Not all of us, but a lot of people linked up in a WhatsApp group. So Sundays are a lot of fun right now because we are all really like play-by-play play, exchanging our thoughts and what's going on. And we have like real discussions going on also today, the whole day about the trade the plan. People were sharing uh, screenshots from Twitter, sharing their ideas, their, their thoughts on, on having players like Jamal Adams or Trent Williams and these It was really cool, like, you know, uh, like-minded people with different opinions sometimes, which is like for people like me, who, who's used to be completely alone on Sundays and then be the only Brown fan. It's actually pretty cool that we are linked up as much and our like Facebook community is really growing. On Twitter, we are close to 1,000 followers now, so it's, it's growing. And what about um, actual Browns fans in Germany? So any idea how many you've got? I'd like, say 250? Probably, probably even more. 300? Like our, if, if you go according to the Facebook group, which is really like 99% only German people, we are over 1,000 people in that group. Germans? Yeah. But I am in that group, just let you know. But well, I can tell you the numbers right now. But the thing is, um, I think most of them, or not most of them, a big portion of the people there is not like uh, the diehard Browns fans as you and I, but they are fans. Like they, they like the team, they're sympathizing with the team, but they are not as, as crazy about them as maybe we are. Well, look, guys, I look forward to seeing as many people as I possibly can in Denver this weekend. Dane. Go Browns in German. So how do you say Go Browns in German? Go Browns. Wow. <laughs> I need a translation. Go Browns. Auf geht's Browns. <laughs> <laughs>